for internal link methods to improve your site structure with Sally Raymer. The In Search SEO podcast is brought to you by Rank Ranger, the all-in-one SEO platform that helps skill your business through data and analytics. Hey, it's David. How efficient is the internal linking in your site structure? That's what we're talking about today with a lady who enjoys the company of her three dogs, cycling through muddy trails and tackling the joys of parenthood. She's a Brighton SEO speaker, part-time freelancer and SEO manager for Haycar, a global used car marketplace. A warm welcome to the InSearch SEO podcast, Sally Rimmer. Hi David, thanks for having me. Hi, Sally. Thanks for coming on. Well, you can find Sally over at seoinmotion.com. So today, Sally, you're sharing four internal link methods to improve your site structure. But first of all, what do you mean by site structure? So I think a common misconception when we talk site structure is the URL structure, which isn't what I mean at all. Although a good URL structure certainly saves a lot of time in creating a robust site structure. So we're talking about internal linking and how that creates your site structure and communicates to search engines what your site is about, what's the purpose of your site, and helps users navigate your site. Superb. Okay, well, we're zeroing in on internal linking and different types of internal linking and how you can improve that to improve your overall site structure. So first of all, focusing in on navigation and you've got a sub point here, avoid every page. Definitely. I think it's a common mistake that I see quite often. Website owners and marketers feel like every page is important and they want users to be able to find it. So they end up putting everything on their navigation. But the navigation is actually one of the most important areas of internal linking and creating your site structure. It communicates what the most important pages are to your search engine. And if you overload it with lots and lots of pages, it then loses the effect for your users who are trying to navigate your site quickly. It just becomes a mess of kind of every page and they don't know where to go. So I'd really advise either linking your top category pages and some of the really important informational pieces there that are either very high in your sales funnel or have a very large piece of intent. And then, um, Rather than having a large, large navigation, allow your actual parent category pages to navigate the user and search engines through your site from there. Now, looking at the e-commerce fashion industry as an example, there are often hundreds of links within the upper navigation there. Is there a maximum number of links that you actually advise? And um, also, how do you go about selecting which links are the optimum links to include in there? So I think when we're looking at something that like the fashion industry, there's a lot of searches to provide within that navigation. And though it may seem that there is hundreds there, it's for a very small proportion in compared to the size of their site and all the product offerings that they have across their site. I wouldn't say there's an ideal number of links because it will be different for every business and every type of industry. So somewhere like the fashion industry, you might want up to, I, I really kind of would edge away from going to the hundreds, but um, maybe about 50 or 60 links. 
And then um, for a small B2B SAS uh, SaaS business, for example, you'd probably want a lot less than just to be pointing to your top service pages. So really, when you're thinking about what pages you're including in that navigation, we're thinking about where is that in the user journey? We want them to be able to plug into the top of the user journey quite quickly. When we look at something like a e-commerce site, we're seeing, for example, women's clothing, and then it subcategories down to dresses, coats, trousers, or bottoms, and so on, shoes and accessories. And then that can subcategory down again, which can provide a really useful journey for the user. But then when we actually get onto those pages, we'll then find that we can filter by size, by color, by type, by style. So although it might seem that they have a lot of links up there, we they're actually really relevant to user journey and communicate to search engines that these are the top pages we want indexed. These are really important pages to us. They're going to be the pages that are going to attract the most users. So that will be their category pages, their PLPs that are going to really serve user intent at a high level and help users drill down into exactly what they want once they're on that page. So if you've decided that, that you only want to include maybe 60 or 80 or whatever number of links within the upper navigation, obviously for the fashion industry, you've, you've, you've highlighted certain categories that um, you can probably ideally go for, uh, but then you'll probably be left with, I reckon, maybe 20 or 40 other links, which, which you must select based upon what you think are the optimum links to include in there. What forms the basis of that decision? Is, is it maybe looking at search volume and, um, or, or is it looking at link uh, keywords that are perhaps off the first page that you're trying to drive onto the first page of Google? It certainly can be uh, search volume. It might be. And it really does depend on how much data you've got there and how new or old your site is uh, in um, regards to what method you might take there. Definitely, you're going to be looking at pages that are most important that you want on the first page of Google. This, this is the area that's going to communicate it more than anywhere. So that's going to be a really important factor within your decision making. And that might be because there's really high keyword volume. It might be because you know that you've got a really good offering and have really high user intent. Or it might be because you know your data and you know your users and you know that actually there's going to be really high conversion on these pages. So they might not have the highest keyword volume, but they still have a decent amount of keyword volume and you get really high conversion out of those pages because you have a wide product offering that users really engage with and want to buy. Now, the second internal link method slash type is the homepage, the homepage link equity. Um, so, so what are you talking about here? Is this just the importance of incorporating a a link from the the logo is it incorporating a keyword keyword rich link um what 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 are we talking about here so when we think about the home page of course when we're thinking about any navigational footer links they're coming from the home page as well but I really would encourage you website owners and marketers not to forget the importance of their homepage. It's where most of their backlinks, their earned backlinks are pointing to. And it is a matter of passing down link equity. Now, when you're creating any internal link on site using relevant anchor text that describes what this, what the 
landing page actually is and what users go into and what search engines might find on that page is really important all over your site, definitely. But when we're talking about what type of pages we might want to add on the home page that we haven't added on the navigation, we might be talking about really high intent or really well performing, low down, far from the directory pages that yeah, you just haven't had room and just wouldn't make sense to fit on your navigation. But you can have a whole banner point there. It might be seasonal if you're talking about e-commerce. So it might be your Valentine's sale range. It might be a spring sales range. Uh, it might be a Christmas range. So there's loads of ways that you can do this. And if you're talking about B2B in the same um, space and you have, you've got some really important child category pages there that you know are really relevant to your users that you haven't included on your navigation, the home page is a good space to include it. Got you. Okay. Um, so it's link, link from links to other key pages within your homepage. I, th- I thought for a second there you were talking about links back to your homepage from every page in your site, but you're obviously identifying other key pages that um, perhaps are, are, are more seasonal or there's um, uh, an opportunity that, um, that, that you can take within the coming months to strategically try and raise the ranking for a short period of time. Exactly. Got you. Okay. And the, the third type of internal links that you want to highlight is breadcrumbs and the importance of that on e-commerce sites. Definitely. I mean, they're a really important tool and a really useful tool because they do tell users exactly where they are on site. If they've drilled down into a certain product and it's not exactly what they're looking for, they can quickly jump back to the page that they shortlisted that product in and find other products that are similar to it. And in terms of search engines, it's very clearly defining what these pages are, what purpose the folders serve, what relationships we have between pages and how that serves user intent. Got you. Okay, brilliant. And are you still finding that um, there are a number of e-commerce sites that um, don't have a great use of breadcrumbs? I think, yeah, we're definitely still finding that in the in terms of e-commerce sites everywhere. So we're seeing that they may have a use of breadcrumbs on really important areas of site, but they've actually not utilize that in other areas of site and it's important to remember that it's not only it's not only a factor in organic traffic it's also a factor in your paid campaigns um, especially where paid campaigns might be drilling down right into the pdp and if a user's landing there and they've got nowhere to go from that page and it's not it's not in stock anymore and it, or it's not exactly what they wanted to they're just going to bounce from site so yeah, there's there's loads of occasions I would say that it's not properly being used. Um, and it's also important to remember to utilize your actual parameters, your filters with breadcrumbs so that users can see where they are within the navigation when utilizing those breadcrumbs. And finally, link blocks. What do you mean by that? So when I'm talking about link blocks, there's, um, there's two cents with link blocks. So we're even talking we can be talking about the um that block on a home page that says here's our blogs um and i would i would call that a link block so i'd say when you're linking to blog articles from your home page make it the most important blog articles don't just link to your most recent blog articles unless it is a case that you're in an industry where your most recent blog articles are really important 
And we can also be talking about uh, when you're on a product page and there's going to be loads of articles that are really relevant to that product and that sector of the product. So if we're talking about women's clothing, it's going to be kind of summer styles and the five best outfits or uh, three outfits from one set of clothing, for example. So there's a kind of loads of articles that can relate to different sections of your products. So when I'm talking about link blocks, I'm talking about linking to other articles from there and also linking back from articles from your blog articles to your product and service pages as well. When we're a really useful tool in this is the blog tags on your administrator side of your website. So utilizing them so that it's really easy to just select what we're going to link to from these pages rather than having to manually go through that process and uh, really put a lot of thought and time into which blogs belong where and how we're going to create these topic clusters between the different sections of our site because this is effectively what we're doing with these link blogs. Yeah, I was going to ask you if it can be can be can be automated, or if this is something that should be um, manually looked at. Because I remember years ago using a plugin on WordPress called Yet Another Related Posts plugin, and it was good. It was it, it automatically detected um, other posts that were related, and obviously used the post title to link to those posts. Is something like that automated? Something like that n- not enough really nowadays? So to an extent, we can definitely automate this through the use of the URL structure and blog tags. There is going to be an amount of manual input for blog tags because that is going to have to be updated as blogs are created or in the past tense as we're going over where this can be utilised within topic clusters. But once you have those tags and a clean URL structure set up, it's really easy to automate the process and say everything with this tag belongs in this section and everything with this, this path within the URL belongs in this section making the process really quick and easy rather than having to sit down and manually select each URL that belongs in which link block in relation to which products and in relation to which topics. Brilliant. Okay. And I I love your mention of URLs because I I think that um, obviously obviously SEOs love descriptive URLs, but um, perhaps there's not enough thought that goes into the folder structure and how that assists with perhaps things like breadcrumbs and also the automated listing of related pages as well. Um, So great points there. So let's finish off with... The Pareto Pickle. So Pareto says that you can get 80% of your results from 20% of your efforts. What's one SEO activity that you would recommend that provides incredible results for modest levels of effort? So I always look at accessibility and this can be a range of things, but it's quite easy to pick up if you have an issue within the sitemap where you're not listing URLs or if you have a large number of orphan URLs that are not being linked to. Again, if you have a JS rendering problem where you're not serving a HTML version from your server for search engines to pick up on that piece of content or links within that content. So they're really easy things to spot. They're quite easy things to fix once you have spotted them and they lead to really big results in terms of getting pages, recognized, noticed, indexed, and then ranked. Superb. 
I've been your host, David Bain. You can find Sally Rimmer over at seoinmotion.com. Sally, thanks so much for being on the In Search SEO podcast. Thanks, David. And thank you for listening. Check out all the previous episodes and sign up for a free trial of the Rank Ranger platform over at rankranger.com.